สวัสดีค่ะ Hello and welcome to You Two Can Learn Thai episode 108 where Kun Victoria and I are going to share tips to help you gain intermediate or advanced proficiency in Thai. Before we start the episode, I would like to thank listeners who wrote in and congratulate me for making more than 100 episodes for this podcast. It is touching to know how much I have helped you and also how much connection you feel with this podcast. Some listeners also asked about private lessons. Unfortunately, as I am transitioning from a teaching job to a job in the industry, I have to stop the lessons and other activities such as website updates and YouTube upload. However, I still plan to make regular podcast episodes such as this one, so please don't worry, this podcast is not going anywhere in the near future. And now let's get to the main content of this episode. Long-time listeners may remember Kun Victoria. She appeared in this podcast on episode 41 to 45, which were released more than a year ago. In episode 41, we talked about mistakes often made by a person who starts learning Thai. And in episode 42 to 45, we had short conversations that are suitable for beginners. Now, more than one year later, Kun Victoria is back and better than ever. Her Thai language has improved so much, and she is here to share tips and advice for those of you who are ready to move into the intermediate and advanced levels of Thai. By the way, This episode was recorded both for our podcast and for Kun Victoria's YouTube channel. If you haven't visited her channel yet, make sure to go to youtube.com/victoriarain. In addition to language videos, she also makes advice videos about living in Thailand. I will post the link in the episode description. And now, let's listen to our advice. So Saudi Kakunan, thank you for joining my channel today. Of course, nice talking to you again. No worries, thank you for joining the channel. It was really fun collabing last time, so it's nice for us to catch up again with some more advice videos for the listeners and watchers. <laughs> yes, and I assume that at this time your Thai level is much higher than in the past. I would like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Now I've spoken to you in Thai, so I I can see your improvement. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, sure. mm -hmm. as I said at the beginning of the video, we are just going through five advice that we have for intermediate to advanced learners. We've already mm -hmm. done one for beginners, so we thought we'd switch up a bit and help those in the next category. So to kick off, number one. The first thing we advise is to expand on topics that you can discuss. Mm -hmm. So, for me personally, that would be things like societal things, political things, things that are above the sort of where you're from, what you can do, things like that. So, what do you think about that, Krunan? Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, last week we tried talking about different topics like societal issue, healthcare, and we can see that sometimes when You talk about yourself. It is very fluent and it is very easy, and that's normal. But then, when you move up to other topics that you normally don't encounter or discuss um, at length with other people, then that can be a struggle. Yeah, I definitely a hundred percent agree. Um, and I think, especially, I can compare it to mm -hmm. English. Me, in the sense of recently, as I'm sure everyone knows, the Queen of England died. Mm -hmm. um, And that was something that we could discuss. I could discuss it 
in depth about mm. what, protocol, things like that. If you were to tell me to discuss that in Thai, I'd be like, now wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, Rachini Sia Chiwit. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, there are issues with both the vocabulary and the grammar as well, because in when you when you discuss the societal topics, you would need some linking words that normally you wouldn't need in your normal conversation because usually that's a sentence, uh, separate sentences. But if you want to discuss at length, then you would need like more linking words or how to organize the whole discourse. Definitely. I think this point goes into the thing that I've said in many videos. The mm -hmm. more you need to know, the less you realize you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, so definitely guys, when you get to that sort of level, start trying to expand things you can discuss, the topics you're discussing, and try and move away from just those beginner, basic, everyday conversations. Yes. And the second thing, although we're saying move away and try and do these more in-depth topics, that does link to the second point of don't forget to still keep on top of the beginner stuff and don't get complacent and stop revising that stuff. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that then? Do you have like a notebook of vocabulary or how do you revise? See, I'm, I'm, I'm not the best at this one. <laughs> <laughs> My problem is, is I've mentioned it before, is I often will forget to go over stuff. So the way I try to do it is I try to think of ways to insert into a conversation. So when I'm speaking and practicing with my friends, language partners, I will try and still stay on top of those things. So, for example, the one that I really struggle with is months because there are so many different months and... Mm you're not always going to be using months. It's very specific when you need to say them. So I then mm. try and like insert into conversations, try and practice it anyway. And if I really want to sort of revise, the one that I do is I'll listen to stuff, YouTube, podcasts, that sort of things, because I'm a very sort of audio and visual learner. So if I can watch a video about it, rather than having to read it, read it, read it, then that's my preferred way of trying to stay on top of things like that. What about you? Any advice that you can give? Well, yeah, I agree. Like, try using it as much as possible. And sometimes there are things that you just need to memorize, just like what you said, like the months and then the days as well, the seven days and how to tell time as well. It sounds like so simple, but in Thai, it's pretty complicated, like changing the word for every six hours or so. So, yeah, just using it as much as possible and get input because, well, sometimes you don't necessarily have a chance to insert the months into your conversation. But if you get a lot of input, if you listen to news, then there's a high chance that you will naturally absorb, absorb that. And then you have the context as well, like this month, they probably repeat the word for, for this month um, very frequently. So that's another way to, to get used to the basic words. Yes, I, yeah, I 100% agree. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is definitely, especially the time, learning yeah. time, it was complicated. <laughs> I finally got it down. <laughs> yeah. So therefore, as we were saying, trying to stay on top of revising and stuff like that, that links us to our third point, which is try and put yourself in positions to practice. So for example, if you are 
not living in Thailand, it's obviously going to be a lot harder to immerse yourself. So if you're not living in Thailand, try and go to maybe Thai restaurants, Thai shops, places that they will be speaking Thai. And if you can't do that, podcasts, YouTube, films, anything to keep you listening. Yeah, immersion is really important. And I think um, it also gives you motivation as well. Kind of like if you listen to it and you feel that you are still able to speak in the language, even though you are not in the environment, it will motivate you to keep going in, into learning. And do you use any apps or any way to, to keep you practicing like when you are not in Thailand? Yeah, so what I was doing before I came was I was using a listening to a lot of podcasts. That was mm. the first thing. Like I'd listen to I've made a video about different podcasts I'd listen to, but I'd try and listen to something every day. Mm. And also just a lot of Thai dramas. I would watch a lot of dramas. I would listen to music. All the music is a little bit harder because obviously it's a bit quicker. The tones mm. aren't necessarily always there but just purely for the beat and the rhythm and things mm. like that. But it still helps you to listen and understand what's happening. So for me, it was more about the way I enjoy consuming stuff, which is dramas, films. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's what I focused on. Whereas now it's a slightly different because obviously I'm immersed naturally by being here. But I'll listen. I'm more likely to listen to the news, for example, because I'm mm -hmm. here. Because the news impacts me in the sense of, okay, what's happening in Bangkok at the moment? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it has mm -hmm. definitely changed. Um, have you had a language partner then? Yeah, so I had a language partner. What well, I hadn't have, still have. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Okay, but it was obviously harder with the time difference. And mm. now in Bangkok, I still have my language partners and friends. And so it's a lot easier because we're in the same time zone now. <laughs> so mm -hmm. again, even that's a bit different. So before it would purely be Skype, whereas now we might meet up in Bangkok, go for a coffee, go for a meal, go to temples. Mm -hmm. So yeah, pro tip, if you do get language partners and you ever visit the country, great buddy. <laughs> now they are like friends, not just practicing language with you. Exactly, yeah. So it's so oftentimes I, I stop saying language partner because mm. we've like done so much stuff together. I'm just like, no, my friend. <laughs> so our fourth tip is now you are no longer a beginner. It's time to go from just normal informal language to formal language and learning formal language. So if you listen to You Two Can Learn Thai podcast in episode 102 and 103, I talked about the difference mainly on the lexical differences between the informal Thai and formal Thai. And when you think about informal and formal, it's not only about writing language, written language and the colloquial language. Sometimes when you speak and you are like in front of the public, then you need to use another kind of speech as well. So it's not just about writing, but formal language may apply to you if you are a working professional working in Thailand. It's important for you to know these words. Like most of the time when we say, I don't know, we say, but if you are in a workplace, that may offend some people. It sounds like I don't know, like I don't care. It may give that kind of impression. So in that case, will turn into which also means basically the same thing, no, but it's a formal version. So, and that will be um, more appropriate. Yeah, I think learning po formal slash polite language is 
in my experience very hard this is a stage mm-hmm. I'm at, guys I'm in the same boat as you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and well I mean because as a learner if you are not like in a working um, situation or if you are not a diplomat or in that kind of roles then it's not frequent for you to be in in that kind of situation where you would hear and you would need to use it but once you would need to use it you you need to know that right so it's something that you may not have a lot of chance to learn but when you need to use it then maybe you are expected to know something about the formal language definitely i think if you're not in that situation in the environment where you need it then it's definitely going to take a lot more elbow grease in terms of learning it and remembering it because it's very because you're not going to use it often it's a Mm -hmm. bit in your own native language so for me English we have formal and informal English I can do it in my sleep because I've been raised in English and Mm -hmm. know and I work in English I know business English and all of that is easy for me however if you're learning it and you're not in that same environment it's impossible (laughs) it feels And even I'd say simple things like earlier in the video, I said, that's um, was it C-A-T-U-I-T? That's just another way of saying dialogue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I was speaking about the Queen, I changed it. And that's like one of the only things I can remember of the differences. <laughs> yeah. So maybe like watching the dramas with more professional work um, situations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, watching the dramas, the news, because they're not going to speak in informal either. They're yeah. going to try and speak formally. So watching those sort of things to try and help mm-hmm. yourself learn more formal Thai. And then you'll be great. <laughs> yes. And so that moves us on very nicely to our final point. Our fifth and final point is that we recommend that you practice and get good at your reading and writing. And why is that, Runan? <laughs> well, so most of the time when you start learning a language, it's natural that you start from the oral language, which is like speaking and listening first. And I think that's a good starting point. There is nothing wrong with that. But if you want to be fully functional in a target language, like if you want to absorb the information like native speakers do, uh, many people they not only exchange information just by talking, right? There are news that are written and there are books. Or if you want to be immersed in the culture, then you may want to read some novels. And at that point, you will need the reading and writing skills for sure. Yes. And I think, so I've mentioned this before in my videos that we should really try and have all of our skills improving at the same time. But naturally, that's not the case for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so... I would really recommend if when it comes to reading, don't just jump in and be like, okay, so I know this book in English, for example, let's say the Harry Potter series, Lord of the Rings series, all of these very famous series. I I can read them in English or my native language. I'm just going to buy the Thai version. I would not recommend that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's like not being able to swim and jumping straight off a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. So I would recommend, and what I've really loved is, I've been reading comic style books. So this is one book that I've been reading. It's like a whole series of different ones. And there are ghost stories. And these are aimed for children. And I love it because it's easy. And I can actually read it and understand it. But it's not too easy to the point of I know everything. So there are still words that trip me up. But being able to finish an actual book that's aimed for, I think it's like maybe 10-year-olds. I'm not sure. 
is very motivating, but it also means I'm still improving reading, reading different text fonts, different styles, because as I said, it's a ghost story. So mm-hmm. I would say start from these sort of books, not <laughs> your thick novels that you can read in your own language, because like I said, you're going to be very demotivated if you suddenly like, I understand nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and what's your strategy like when you see words that you don't know in the book? Do you look up dictionary right away or do you try to guess or what do you do? Yeah, so when I don't understand the word, I try and figure it out from the context if I can figure it out. Mm. And I'm just like, no, this, I don't even, I have not even a remote chance of knowing. Then I will use combination of Google Translate and my Thai dictionary. And the reason I use both is Mm. because... Sometimes Google Translate is good, but sometimes mm. it's not. <laughs> so I like yeah. to dictionary to kind of just confirm that what Google Translate has said is correct. Because although Google Translate has a lot of mistakes, it is a very easy, you can scan, you can do all of that to figure it out. So that's what I like to do. Yeah, I, I agree. Google Translate is quick to use and it has wider range of vocabulary like maybe something new will be incorporated into its translation faster than the traditional dictionary so i yeah i don't object with the use of google translate at all but i i think it's a good idea for you to reconfirm by checking the authoritative reference best of both worlds mm-hmm. and those are our five tips To sum up for you, tip number one is to expand on the topics that you can discuss, such as politics, societal issues, anything other than your day-to-day conversation. Number two is don't stop reviewing or using the basic and useful terminology. Number three is to try and put yourself in positions to practice, such as visit Thai speaking places, Thai restaurants, or talk with your language partner. Number four is to learn the difference between formal and informal Thai. And of course, you can go back to our podcast episode 102 and 103 to learn more about that. Number five is to become proficient in reading and writing. Try to find some easy reading materials and practice that. And that's it. If you want to get more from this podcast, please consider becoming a premium member through Patreon or Anchor. You can also help us by clicking our Amazon link before you shop. The link does not cost you extra money, but will let us share a small profit from Amazon. See episode descriptions for more details. Until next time, สวัสดีค่ะ! Do you like this podcast so far? Get more of it by becoming a premium member. Listeners in Thailand are recommended to subscribe on Patreon. Otherwise, you can subscribe on Anchor, which will directly send the premium episodes to your Spotify account. You can also add the episodes to your favorite listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts. The tutorial is in the episode description. And no matter how you subscribe, you will get more materials to learn from. And the premium episodes are ad-free. Thank you and see you there!